Hey gang, before we get into this uh, red-hot episode of Community Notice Board, I'm here to remind you of our Patreon. It is five bucks a month. That is peanuts, and um, we're doing some excellent stuff over there. We're doing History of Sydney Comedy, and we've got plenty more of that to come. We've got news offcuts, some deep dives, just stuff that didn't quite make the fit of the main episode. And let me tell you, they've been so fun to record. I'm sure they're fun to listen to. And we've got so much red-hot stuff coming in the new year. So now is as good a time as ever to sign up. Love ya. Hello and welcome along to the Community Notice Board. Hello, welcome to another episode of Community Notice Board, a podcast about suburbs we grew up in, local landmarks, mm. hometown heroes, and coming-of-age tales. we got a very special guest in the studio today, very funny comedian and a very good personal friend of ours, Dave yes. Henning is Hell here. Hell yeah. Thank you. How Thank are you, me. Dave? I'm feeling good. You're doing I'm well? Good. Do you consider us personal friends? Or I would say so. Okay, that's good. Okay. <laughs> How close? Really close personal friends or just personal friends? I would say close personal friends. Hell yeah. 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 All right. We're doing well so far. We do make, yeah. We do force every guest to agree, by the way. Where do you stand with us? How do we look? How do you like <laughs> A lot of the more confrontational ones <laughs> go south from that very question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dave, you've had a bit of an interesting life. You're a bit of a raconteur, a bit of a play international playboy you grew up in uh, canberra is that correct that is true yeah but we're not here to talk about canberra we've wasted two episodes <laughs> no, no, we've run episodes. every drop of yeah. shit out of both canberra. episodes are great one of them queen bee in butt no, 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 we've done two dedicated Canberra, Canberra one yeah. Queen. Yeah. Can you guess any of the Canberra landmarks we've done? Yeah, maybe we do a recap for Dave very the quickly. Memorial, the, the big friggin' cow the balloon statue. thing. Cook's boat. The statue. The dick statue? Oh, yeah, the penis owl. One, penis of, owl, yeah, yeah. one of Drew's most famous bits. Moose yeah, heads. Yeah. Moose heads. Um, we, we, this, you know, there's more. Maybe. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we, we haven't ever talked about the war. Have we talked about moose heads burning down? <laughs> Can't wait to talk about the war. Did moose heads burn down? It did yeah. burn down, yeah, but I don't think we've covered that. That could be an unsolved mystery. Unless it was very solved. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what happened? It was word in the street it was dodgy, but no one liked the kid whose parents owned it. So it was probably That's right. Yeah. It was probably just a room. I just realized we were recording. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> <laughs> just got to say allegedly before everything, and then yeah. we can make up whatever we want. That was apparently. And also, that, could that could be kid a, um, was uh, actually kind of popular, too. Yeah. That could be a Patreon deep dive. You know, moose solve heads. the Mooseheads fire. You could do a big episode on Mooseheads. Anyone who's oh, been totally, anywhere yeah, near yeah. Canberra's gone. Absolutely. Surely. Yeah, Mooseheads is a classic. Kind of, like, what's the analog for the city? Like, Jackson's on George. Did you ever go there yeah. when it was around? Like, yeah, yeah. Four floors. Cage Battle. dancing at the top. Mm -hmm. King Street Hotel or not? No, nah, Jackson's on George on George Street. What's it was like, like this? a what I, No, no, I'm doing a comparison to. Uh, um, I I'm doing things. another. Because oh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so. I don't know what the the, equivalent, the modern equivalent to what you're talking about is. Scruffies. 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 Okay. If yeah. Scruffies had like a few. Or the more exchange. Floors. Like Newcastle. Yeah, you know, I, I got. Yeah, like Newey's got the King Street Hotel, New Newcastle, and like Argyle Island. And. Changes a bit. the sex the, the sex change everyone calls the exchange. Right? Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Great that's some good new year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 the sex change. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think twenty twenty three now. And you're like, we're going to the gender reassignment. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really work. Go woke or go broke, yeah. newy. Um, but, but Canberra is where you grew up. But before that, Dave, give us give us what the episode like. How did you end up in Port Moresby? Oh, well, my dad got a job with the government over there. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah, so I moved over in about year five. Okay. Yeah. So it's a pretty wild move because based on our research, Port Moresby, like, 
very often ranks in like the bottom five cities in the world of livability. So you went, you like, upgraded from Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, the, that's the great shirt. Uh, yeah, Rome, uh, Paris, Canberra, Port Moresby. <laughs> Can't believe they put in Canberra. <laughs> that's a terrible joke. Yeah. Um, but. So yeah, it, it's it's like five. It's, you sorry, year five, not five years old. Nah. So you're twelve or something. Yeah, but it's like, what, how does I'll it feel? To you? Because like in in those bottom five, it's like Mogadishu yeah. and like Kabul and like war torn places, and you're just moving there, being like, yeah, I'm going to do school here for two years. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Yeah, I was too young to have any perception of the danger of it. I think. Right. Short mm-hmm. episode then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was weird. It was like it was like becoming what I imagine like royalty or something. We lived in a compound with. There would have been security and There's shit. Security right? everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Security all over the shop. And you'd get in a car and go something. We weren't allowed to like walk down the street. And you were like, Dad, I hope you're earning some fucking money over here. Like, yeah, this better well, be worth the Yeah, cash. this yeah. better be worth it. I better get a fucking police station. I remember, yeah. I know a couple of people actually who have worked in Port Moresby. And, you know, the dan- there is danger pay because there's a lot of government work over there. But I know a guy who was a um, a justice over there. Like, he was the judge. Oh, shit. And he used to always tell this story. Um, so. He was presiding over this case, and it's a, just a horrific case. He said, you know, you'd get them all the time. This one was a gang leader, and he was charged with a count of murder, four counts of armed robbery, and a count of rape. He he basically, he can only p- pin him on the rape. So he sends him, he gives him a life sentence for this rape. First one ever, he had no idea, it was the first ever life sentence handed down in, in PNG for a, um, a rape case. Next day, front page of the newspaper, uh, he opens it up, and it's just prominent headline, First life sentence for rapist. And they didn't have a photo of the gang leader, so they put his photo. His big white smile and head. Well, he feels guilty about it to send us himself, I suppose. <laughs> Good on him. Jesus. Yeah, so th- so your dad goes over there, and so you're five, and was it like, we're always coming back? Or did you know you are going to be two years? Or was it like, yeah. maybe for longer? Like, did you know what the vibe was? My understanding was it was three years, but it's like a, it's a hardship posting. So I think they typically you do that early on. And then they let you go to like Tokyo or Paris or something. Oh, nice. So it didn't sound like it would be. It's like when new teachers have to teach out in the country for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. They got to build up experience and then go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But you're probably like, what, nine or 10 when this happens? Yeah, somewhere around there. Are you like keen to go or are you like, what the fuck? I want to stay here. I was pretty dirty leaving. (laughs) Because you see, I was about to go into year six. So at that point, when you're about to like, when you're about to fuck. I was just about. I was up with cheers. That's literally what the argument I made when I had to move here. Like I was so close to a girlfriend. My parents were like, "Come on, come on!" For years, so I was breaking the case. I assume it's an international school, probably within the compound. Yeah. How many kids? Uh, no idea about it. Probably somewhere between a hundred and a thousand. I have oh. no idea. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> Wait, the compound? <laughs> the compound was separate. The compound well, was the school. The school, I have no idea. Yeah, like, I don't but, remember. But like, about a thousand. It was a big school. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought you were about to, gen- I genuinely thought you were about to say there were 12 Under. kids in no, my whole year. It was heaps, yeah. Jeez, mm. And it wasn't all, like, it was mostly Papua New Guinean kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. It wasn't all diplomat kids. Not all diplomats and stuff. Diplomats. Diplomats. I like that. Yeah. Is that that. what you were? Yeah. I did not invent that. That's been, uh, <laughs> I don't that you were called that, that for three years. Oh, we, we can edit it. When I came back to Canberra, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can edit it so it sounds like you did invent it. Great riff, Dave. And um, and how was the uh, the rugby league 
uh, amongst the kids there. Competitive, really. I mean, I bet PNG is trying to get into the NRL. That was the weirdest one. Was it was like tackle was allowed. That rocks. At lunch. Yeah, they were just like, yeah, just go for it. Who cares? Like, <laughs> it was vicious. Is that a <laughs> thing? Like, tackle's always been allowed at lunch. Not like at school. If the teachers called us. If the teachers called us. You'd play, but then, like, yeah, you'd have yeah. to run. Yeah. No, we played tackle. Oh. No one really monitored You must have gone to a bad school. <laughs> <laughs> we, would t- we would play tackle, but if the teacher saw us, they'd go, hey, cut that out. Yeah, yeah none of yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'd probably just be like, oh, whatever. Like, it was never, yeah. I suppose that's a different exercise. Like, I didn't go to primary school in Australia, so I wasn't playing tackle rugby league in primary school because rugby league not a huge thing in Europe. But, like, yeah, yeah. Well, from year seven onwards, I, we, I don't think we ever had any issues with contact really? sport on Damn, campus. Damn, I remember doing no. that. Yeah, no, it was always touch or some vague form of grab no tackle sort of yeah. bullshit you know did you guys used to verse the other years no, no. you get vicious <laughs> you'd have like year seven versus year eight <laughs> that would i mean that's just inherently disadvantaged yeah, it's just like, like, like hey, year six kids you're playing the year 12 <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> yeah. it's like oh it's just round robin things <laughs> suck yeah, playing the suckers don't yeah. worry about it dude. Yeah. you can outrun them but just don't <laughs> let them touch you they're already wearing helmets <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, fuck! But yeah, I, it's funny because like Papua New Guinea is the only country in the world when rugby league is a national sport. Yeah, because mm. even Australia is obviously like AFL. You know, there's no formalized national sport, but it's clearly bigger. Yeah. And but Papua New Guinea, it's like it's the biggest sport, um, rugby league. And like when the Aussie kangaroos do it, play the Prime Minister's eleven versus the, yeah. like there'll be like some. St- the prime minister, the Australian prime kangaroo, the prime minister's eleven is like all the players who haven't made the top eight. So it's all the teams and the sort of rubbish teams and the best players. So there'll be some guy who's been like coming off the bench or being sort of a star player for a shit team all year, and then he goes to Papua New Guinea and walks off the plane, and they're like, it's like Messi turning up in Argentina, yeah. and all the kids are just like, this is, and it's just such an amazing sight to see this guy. He's probably on like one hundred and fifty grand a year, and he's just like royalty over there. Yeah, it's yeah. A, he's a king. Marcus Bai was the guy when I was there. Yeah, the yeah, for the yeah, storm. He dude. was like the first actual Papua New Guinean dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Not just like the first ever Papua well, New Guinea. Well, first ever Papua New Guinea yeah, yeah. born. Yeah, he was. He was <laughs> it's a very young country, <laughs> actually. <Follow them> all. <laughs> no, but like it's a lot of kids fucking. come over here when they're eight from Papua New Guinea and then they grow up in Australia. But he was the first like 20 year old guy who grew up in Papua New Guinea to 20 and then came to. Australia and play yeah. rugby league. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, and he was he was a gun. So, what's your life consist of? You're in the compound. You're not yeah. really going out inside a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just playing PlayStation. Playing a lot of PlayStation. What were your, what were your games? Final <laughs> Fantasy. Oh, oh Fantasy yeah. All right. We got the next fifty. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but it was at research. another guy's house who, and I had to like walk outside to do it. So it was quite high risk. Oh, Gee. Wow. It wasn't really. We were at the top of a very rich hill. <laughs> <laughs> we were on Tuagubi Hill, and there were Sekis everywhere, all the way down the road. Damn. Yeah. Well, what, you couldn't get a PlayStation in your place? No, we didn't have one. Yeah, yeah, come on, Dad. Fucking hell. He's like, here's a deck of cards. You know? I don't want fucking Banjo-Kazooie. I want yeah. Final Fantasy, you know? But, like, it was a good... We, lived, we were rich, like, relative. So we lived, like... When you're overseas, it's a similar. It's so refreshing like to have Asia. a comedian come on and be like, "Yeah, we were fucking rich." Yeah, 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 yeah. We were doing so much better than everyone else. So like, we, we went to yacht club and like, oh hell yeah, to Sick. boats and like, uh, you yeah, looked at them, all that good stuff. Yeah, well, well, we got like went to the pool. Like, yeah, there was yeah, we would go to nice places, but mm. there's only yeah. Well, I had a very relatively good lifestyle. I would yeah. say. Damn. And you weren't because you weren't like. When you're 10, you're not really like conscious of like, oh, this is like a different country. It's yeah. dangerous or whatever. So you're just like, oh, apart from the PlayStation thing, you're just like, we're real rich here. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Ever, I didn't reflect on it until later, but I was like, I, I, we had it. Like there was a chef there. 
which was oh, insane. Yeah. Like yeah. a chef ja- in your house? A chef in my house. <laughs> Jamie's going to be on seek.com tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Port Moresby, hey, job. how do you feel about Port Moresby? <laughs> <laughs> I was a security guard. <laughs> yeah. and we, like, everyone had cleaners and stuff. And Imagine we got moving yeah. there, but you still got to be in a share house somewhere. <laughs> 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 it was again, trying to get Uber Eats. And like, oh, man, <laughs> I made a big mistake. No, so it's personal, like a, a family chef, like just for your family. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, we definitely had a cleaner, and yeah, I believe a chef. But if you're working for Australia over there, it's really bad practice to fire anyone. So like they like a previous family had hired someone because they had a baby, and I was like, oh, well, we got someone. You're right. Yeah, which yeah, that was very odd to have. And they all live in the house with you. No. I had someone trying to change a nappy and you're 11 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'll oh, just let him do I mean, it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I was a very busy I guess I have. Sh- I guess I have shit myself. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's yeah, fine. Like a sixth sense. I see where they got this. <laughs> <laughs> so the, you said the school had a lot of Papua New Guineans. Are they teasing you for being an Australian export? We're like, this big bald kid has come. <laughs> <laughs> I had beautiful hair at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was hot as fuck. I, no, they were really they were really nice, all things considered. Like, yeah. I was pretty ignorant when I got there. Yeah. Like, I didn't believe their names were real because they were too lyrical. I thought they were fucking with me. And like, <laughs> like what an example of a name? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I don't want to say names because I'm going to forget people. I, don't wanna, I was trying not to name anyone from school because I've been a bad friend. But, like, there was, like... <laughs> they better like, not name any friends. Elikum Oklu, Eljo Chan, Alan Gabara, oh, Richie Yassi, Gregory Barampatas, Sasanka Leonage. So you like, thought they were, like, a floral, like, calling someone... Like Kirky Schmirky or something. I like a bit yeah. of a nicknamey thing. You didn't think that was the actual name. I just thought it was a hazing. I was like, oh, it's first day. They're messing with me. What are your actual names? I, d- I hadn't encountered any non-Anglo names. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And they were really nice about that. And I would often, you, you know, you're 11. I would say some things and they would calmly correct me on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you had to have a PlayStation anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, my teacher, I got stitched up and like, they were like, we'll do a class debate. And it's going to be his Papua New Guinea in the finest country. And then they put me on the negative. Oh, And like everyone advised me, like, yeah, just like be nice about it. Talk about like 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 statistics and things about how it's a very fine country, it's the best. But I was like, no, nah, I'm going all out for this. I'm going <laughs> in. <laughs> I nearly got like teaching nearly got me bashed. Like <laughs> this is your first roast battle. It was very rude and ignorant what I said. And but even Do then, you remember what you said? A little bit, yeah. And it wasn't. But what a shitty setup of that. That was tough, it? yeah. <laughs> that's so, yeah, that's kind of a, kind of a wild chef? thing as well for like an international school to be so like almost like propaganda. Yeah. Like yeah. propaganda focused to be like, is this the best country in the world? Finest country. And then yes, have a negative or, team. Yes, and, or, and or put kind the white of. kid on the negative team. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, like, yeah. Did you win? Yeah, but socially, no. <laughs> like it was oh, yeah. So your idea to make friends Was just to fucking slay the crowd You're like I just Insult the country <laughs> And make everyone realise How good I am at debating yeah. <laughs> And then they will like me Yeah yeah, yeah. But I got a little bit of heat But then they were Again everyone was like Just calmly like By the way What you said was quite racist <laughs> <laughs> Like I could have gotten A drubbing at that point But everyone Yeah oh, well, That's very sweet That they just sort of rolled with it Love So you didn't get any trouble at all Didn't get bashed or anything i mean i was in fucking yeah. high school in newcastle and i was like on the verge of getting bashed every day it was, you know what i mean i feel like if you're 11 you get you're i think i probably got roughed up a couple of times mm. but never proper bashed like you would in australia right? Right. but also i went to it was a nice it was a relatively nice school right okay yeah, yeah it was pretty yeah was diplomatic like a tough it, dude yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like you see me And you're like Oh no Maybe the next guy Oh that guy can debate my country <laughs> No I have it. My brother was tough So I was okay <laughs> was he, Is he older? No he's my twin 
Oh, that's right, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He was tough and popular, so I reckon half of the stuff I got away with was like, oh, oh so you're in the same, so you're, yeah, so you're in the same year. Yeah. And just being like, well, I can say whatever words I want. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say, no, there, no <laughs> there were just some ill thought out things. Yeah. <laughs> An 11 year old boy might say yeah. in a debate <laughs> about how bad a country is. I just had, yeah. <laughs> Who wants to win really bad? <laughs> yeah. so I got a, um, I got a tale of another white boy in Papua New Guinea. If you guys will indulge me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a bloke called August Engelhart, um, mm-hmm. born in Nuremberg. 1875. He was um, one of the uh, disaffected youngsters drawn to the Back to the Nature Lebensreform movement that was sweeping through Germany and Switzerland at the time. Mm-hmm. Its proponents yearned after unspoiled Eden where people ate vegetables and raw food. So it's like it's the first instance of like the hippie Hippie sort of modern One of the better cultures. ideas spreading through Germany at the time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he, he joined a rising movement. You're like, ah. This is oh, 1870s. Did you guys. say Lieben's reform? Lieben's reform. Okay. Life reform. It's right. Chris Lieben's reform. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, the Nazis had one of them, but it was slightly, it was Lebensraum or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just totally. love talking Nazis on podcasts. Oh, well, I mean, you know, Hitler was a famous environmentalist and vegetarian, so he would have loved this shit. Uh, Engelhardt was especially taken by Gustav Schlickjesen's 1877 dietary treatise, Fruit and Bread, a Scientific Diet. diet. Uh, influenced by Darwinism, the book claimed that since... <laughs> Revolutionary <laughs> fruit and bread. <laughs> <laughs> since the natural food of apes was uncooked food and grain, that it was also the proper food for man. So Engelhardt, mm. he loves this, but he takes it one step further. So for him, even if bread and fruit were tainted... In his mind, the only immaculate and mystical flesh pot was the coconut with its snowy white meat and translucent water. <laughs> so what's that fucking... Oh, no, it's not organic, but it's the, that's a movement today where it's like uncooked bullshit. Yeah, it's like... Like a raw, raw diet. Yeah, raw yeah. diet. There's yeah, there's another word I'm paleo? thinking of. No. Yeah, paleo is what yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah similar yeah, stuff. Similar but, bullshit. But also, I think in the paleo diet, you can eat things other than coconut. Yeah, yeah, I meant the food and the, the, the bread and the fruit bullshit. Um, this, so <laughs> he did what anyone would do, obviously, in this situation, abandoned all his earthly possessions, moved to a tropical island, became a nudist, and ate only coconuts um and he basically he was pretty unknown until a swiss swiss author named um christian kracht found a postcard recently like only about 10 15 years ago found a postcard with like a sepia tinted photo of him looking super emaciated and he just found it at a random german yard sale and was like who's this guy um just because he to him he just looked modern he was like that's an old photo but he looks like a modern hippie um so he starts trying to track him down and he had no Wikipedia page or anything. The only thing you could find was a thesis by a student at the University of Auckland. So we went over to New Zealand, talked to them, started doing his own research, and he eventually published a novel based on this guy's life that became a bit of a hit. Um, so this is the author talking about him. He said, He believed that since the coconut grew high up in the tree, closest to God and closest to the sun, it was godlike. Okay. So this is... <laughs> The theory is flimsy at best. Uh, and since it had hair and looked like a human head, he thought it came closest to being a man. According to his rather crackpot yeah, theory... This guy <laughs> fucked the coconut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to being a, to being a, to, his theory was to be a cocovore was to eat God, and that would cure you of any illnesses. Yeah, right. And also, like... And it's got a bit of a weird-looking liquid inside that yeah, you want to well, your chin. Yeah, well, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I've got God all over my face. 
He um in 1902 he packed up. God's dripping all over my tummy. <laughs> I'm making God squirt. God, God, God's pooling in my belly button. <laughs> oh my God! This is our most blasphemous. Yeah, episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have to put a warning at the start of this episode. Don't listen to this till 9:30 at night. Uh, yeah, put the kids to bed. <laughs> Why you're nude? Uh, so in 1902 he packs up 1,200 books that he collected and he sets sail to Papua New Guinea, where he set up a home on the island of. Cabacon. I uh, built a three room hut and began implementing his ideas of living close to nature. 1200 books. How, what is he getting that on a boat? Like yeah, this, he, he was a student and I think he was from a, like an upper class family. Okay. Um, so he yeah, gave up clothes completely, fed exclusively on a, a diet of coconuts, all the while developing this coconut. Because he doesn't have any room to, yeah. for his suitcase. <laughs> yeah, with all books. fucking books. So, his, so he, yeah, he's developing this mm-hmm. theory he calls cocovore. Uh, which culminated in his belief that the constant consumption of coconuts leads man to immortality. Uh, so <laughs> How'd that work out for him? He also made a living trading in coconuts, dried coconut and coconut oil. So, you know, he's setting his... This guy He's a mover and a shaker a little coconut. bit. I don't mind coconut oil. That's sweet. Um, mm. Later, after developing an ulcer on his right leg, he adopted a coconut monodiet. Blaming tropical fruits. So he would sneak in a couple of tropical uh, fruits. He gets an ulcer. He goes, I've got to cut these uh, tropical fruits. Ah, damn. It's that fucking guava I had. Yeah. So, you know, he's living a pretty simple life. But like a lot of these, uh, you know, hippy-dippy type folk, it is never enough to just live your life out by your own little kooky philosophy. You need to bring in some cult members. Ah, uh, he's getting horned dog. So he starts the recruitment drive. He starts a cult called the Son Sonnenorden, the Order of the Sun, which revolves around the sun and coconuts. Um, so the whole crux of this coconut <laughs> obsession. That's his pitch. Yeah. We got the sun. We got coconuts. <laughs> we got coconuts. Um, a sweet treat. <laughs> the whole crux of his coconut obsession was rooted on one thin observation, um, which I've mentioned. The coconut, with, with its spherical shape and furry shell, is the fruit that most resembles the human head. Which isn't even that <laughs> I mean, true. What like a melon, does? like yeah, a, melon. a you know, yeah, yeah, like a, a rock a melon. I think right is closest. There's so many things that a look big like enough a mango. Head. Totally, because yeah. like a coconut is quite spherical, and you rare, like it's rare. To I guess see a it's got those little around. like holes in it that looks like a little tiny face. Do you know what I mean? I guess so. Yeah, maybe that's what he's that's going. That's like being like a bowling ball. Looks yeah, 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 yeah. That's short. So, so direct. Yeah. Exactly. Direct quote from Engelhart: We can expect from God that He created our food in the shape of our heads, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Theory. No further reasoning. Uh, and we put him because this is a European guy. There's no fucking coconuts like anywhere near where he's yeah, from. Yeah, where's he first trying coconut? I don't know, man. Maybe he found him in one of his twelve hundred books. It's like a bounty bar or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dangerous look. Um, <laughs> He's like, what is this? <laughs> this is it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> this is the best thing. I have tasted gold. He probably tapped a coconut tree on the shoulder. Like, excuse me, sir, can I have some directions? <laughs> like, That's not the head. That's a coconut. You're, <laughs> you're a delicious human boy. <laughs> Stupid chance. He um he used his them. he used his uh, substantial inheritance to start bringing over these cult members. Uh, first guy over is this dude, August von Bethman, who's an old friend and a co-author with, um, with this dude of A Carefree Future, The New Gospel, which was a book that was published four years before he set out for the island. Um, the book dwells obsessively on, you guessed it, <laughs> the coconut. 
Page after page is filled with wild theories that extol the virtues of the fruit and adoring devotional poems with titles like The Coconut Spirit, How to Become a Coconut Palm, and Mother Coconut. How bad is German food? These guys (laughs) are like, this is the best thing I've ever had forever. I've had it for four months now. He's writing poems. Every day. But I mean, isn't this also like... Drew could be in it. Wasn't it you hacked into the coconut that one time? Yeah, oh, I did. that's true. Drew, you yeah, could that's be a story. coconut oh, hanger. Drew no, got no, done. No, no. Yeah. hold on. You are Drew's one of these guys. Like, I'm just carving up my friend. I, Drew got home coconut. drunk. Drew got dumped by a girlfriend for uh, opening a coconut. Can I just interject? Because <laughs> 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 yeah. I thought it was the sun. I'm not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was sleep shit cheating with some guy. Stabbed him in the head. His head open. You're like, oh, I hate these fucking queamy and hairy faced, perfectly spherical egg guys. No, look, if you have coconut water before bed when you've been drinking, but no, but he actually it. opened a real coconut well, with a knife. I'd never wrote a fucking sonnet about While it. drunk. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. banged it too hard and she had work the next day. And, <laughs> and I was out on my ass after. <laughs> so she's like, I can take the piss on the bed. But there's coconut <laughs> juice everywhere. <laughs> <in the kitchen. laughs> uh, there's no piss on the bed. He probably just pissed everywhere and then he's like, i got to cover this up. I'm trying to open a coconut. <laughs> I'm just trying to open some coconuts to blame all my yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This dripping, throwing a coconut. <laughs> just feel like it's this damn coconut. <laughs> it looks like the sun. Anyway. Anyhow. <laughs> so um, you didn't piss the bed? No, I never pissed the bed. I'm sorry. I thought that I was... I pissed everywhere but the bed. explaining what happens with a coconut before bed. I, I assume that was... <laughs> oh, no, it gets rid of your hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Right. Okay, so you shit yourself. <laughs> well, that I will cop to. Um, never in bed, though. It'd be amazing if we did like a 23 and me and these guys were like distant relatives. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love the idea that it was one guy and then he's like riding back to his buddy and he's like, hey, man, this yeah. is going great. Is I'm wait, naked. Is it, is it another? Four months in. Are they both called August? Is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great um, months. Right. Great months to be born. Totally. Um, his body must be. He must be selling it. He must be talking yeah, it up. Yeah. And then he's imagine getting over there, and then your mate standing there stark is just covered in well, it's coconut like, oil. It's like, like when you you go to a party. The skin would be so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when you go to a party and it's not that good, but your friends like, should I come? And you're like, I want you to come. Oh, fuck, uh, I get it from this guy all the time. Yeah. If I, Drew always goes because it's like we'll get there at five. Drew's there at four forty-five, right? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm I'm getting punctual. there at six thirty, and then I know if I if at five forty-five I'm getting a message from Drew. Are you coming? <laughs> What's going on? Where are you? I'm we like, have coconuts, man. I'm just like, man, it's a shit hang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's always a good hang. Um, so. All in all, only 15 people he could convince to come over. <laughs> right, that's mm. so I mean, many that's more. Like that's a lot. Like, that is that's a long way with a pre-plane. Yeah. Travel time would be like pre-plane, two, three yeah. weeks. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could get on a fucking too. steamship. I mean, it's a good and job. And they're just sitting on a boat being like, man, there are going to be so many coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then this is another classic hippie move. So Bethman, his best buddy, comes over, Engelhart and him, they end up falling out over Bethman's wife. Oh, who he man. met when she arrived on the island because apparently she was like look coconuts are fine but there's all this other tropical fruit and so Bethman started eating all the fruit and Engelhart oh, lost his <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> Adam and Eve like, your bitch wife. Eve eating the apple but it's just because yeah. she, she wanted a papaya <laughs> or something um, uh, Bethman eventually died of malaria and so did another member who was like a famous Berlin concert pianist and one by one people either fucked off back home or died and 
leave. They just left him there. He but was August the last survivor. Wait, he still, kept right? going just on coconuts. He bar. kept going. So but his legs are all ulcery. Yeah, but he's probably yeah, like, well, these cunts are dying. Well, okay, he was. That all sausages for him. Well, I mean, sausages are good. Um. He was unfazed, maintaining that the coconut was the philosopher's stone until he died. <laughs> he ended up weighing 30 kilos. Oh, Jesus Christ. And he's in shape. He, yeah. <laughs> and that he guy's became, wearing an extra buff media. He's just <laughs> looking more and more. He's head looking more like a coconut. Yeah. So he's like, it's working. <laughs> I told Olia. <laughs> They're all, he's just debilitated in, <laughs> in a ravine, just like, it's, I'm going to be a model. <laughs> well, he ended, up, he ended up becoming a freak show for tourists. They would come, <laughs> they would come to stare at the movie. coconut weirdo. <gasps> and oh here's a little uh, connection to Australia. He was imprisoned by Australian soldiers during World War One. So, you know. Patriot, Patriot, German. We took it then, didn't we? Um, but mm. when he was released, he returned to Cabacon, um, re- lived out the rest of his days. Reportedly, he was found dead on the beach, 1919, though no one knows for sure when or where he died. He just washed up on the beach, all 30 kilos of him. Look at coconut. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like coconut. So that's Mr. Coconut. So maybe he is a mortal. How old was he? Um, he was in his 40s. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. Immortality. By the standard theory. of the day. <laughs> Inconclusive. <was> yeah, <laughs> but he yeah. could have been reborn yeah, that's into true. a coconut. Back then, he would be a great grandfather or something. <laughs> yeah. He's <Yeah. laughs> the world's oldest man yeah, yeah. at 40 years old. Man, that's unreal. There you go, man. That is, I, normally that story ends with that guy four weeks in going, oh, this is stupid, and going home. But the fact that he stuck it out. Yeah, you got to appreciate that. Yeah. And con people to go, even if I ever did that, I'm not messaging, I'm like, all right, I'm sort of losing my mind. No one else is going to come. And even if I convince people to come, I'd be so embarrassed oh, when they turn when people up. People leave as well, not apologizing, but doubling down and being like, it's probably because you ate a fucking mango, you <laughs> dork. <laughs> Look, fucking you got to get these cool, healthy ulcers, <laughs> like Look, me. That's where it's working, the ulcer. You know, it's working then. <laughs> Did you do any uh, travel around or any sort of like, look? you know, I don't know. Any, I don't know if there's any like sightseeing and stuff like that. Yeah, there's volcanoes. There's a lot of volcanoes. There, yeah, heaps of Active. volcanoes. Active. Yeah, some. Jeez, that's. Go yeah. check them out as yeah. a kid. Yeah. yeah was, that the, like, was your dad like fucking like my dad sort of like, all right, we're going, you know, you're going on holidays with your dad and he's like, we're hitting this fucking thing. Yeah, we're going to yeah. see all the sights, that sort of shit. Yeah, basically. We yeah. see volcanoes. We walk, got to walk up the side, which you would not be allowed to do, I think, these days. We walked up pretty much to a, the top of an active one. Oh, like you to the rim? lava? Very close to lava. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Man, marshmallows? You put, you put marshmallows <laughs> <laughs> Just like a cartoon. Be so tempted yeah. to put your hand in it. Absolutely, right? <laughs> you can't be that hard. <laughs> what do you mean? Just for a second. <laughs> yeah, like, a, come on. Like, can like you hand. see it? Like, like a hot tap in the kitchen? You yeah. think that's what lava is? Well, like, yeah. if not a hand, something. Like a little pinky. Yeah, pinky. What are you guys? I was talking but about obviously you don't do it but, yeah, but, like but what tempted. are you trying to tell it's like me? the same way like sometimes you're on a train like? track you're like what if i just jump or yeah the train yeah up? and like could i dodge it could i dodge it I, mean, yeah. sh- <laughs> I don't know where this is going are you trying like, to cover up i think i yeah. should <laughs> never do what that? if i jump <laughs> i try to dodge it what if i jump don't worry about old jamie roll out jump in front and bullet time the train is that what you think is going to happen yeah or like catch it yeah, totally. <laughs> Stop it Drew, with your shoulder. This is Drew jumping out of a plane shit, yeah, James. But like, <laughs> I'm Cat- glad he's finally coming around. Oh, the side of Because the uh, they're pulling in, like it'd be slower down. <laughs> you I don't know why I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. You think you're going to stop <laughs> a fucking on. train? 
No, I'm not stopping it. I'm hitching a ride. Like, oh, like okay. onto the side of it. I thought you were like yeah. Superman. Like, no, no <laughs> then I would immediately is. get yeah, exploded. Well. Like, are there like, uh, I assume the safety, you know, regulations there are pretty lax. Like there's no, there's no sign going, don't. You know, over the road. They're not. They're like, surely no one's dumb enough that we have to say, don't put your hand yeah. in the lava. I You'd think anyone who's local knows, like, oh, that's a volcano. Don't do that. Yeah, don't yeah. fuck with that. Don't fuck and, with yeah. Volcano. Did you did you do the famous Kokoda walk or uh, see no. any of that? I heard about all about it, but no. I okay. Well, I got some stuff on the Kokoda track because yeah. it's pretty pretty infamous, and I think it's like one of Australia's the the thing we connect with Port Moresby, Papua New Guinea, the most. Um, I associate associate it with like a middle aged guy who's like. That's it. I'm doing the fucking Kokoda, and then he like drops dead of a heart attack three steps. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's mm. a, it's like our Everest, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like totally. a bit yeah. of a executive, personal challenge, bucket listy thing yeah. that people do. Um, and it's got the added middle age benefit of having a bit of a war history mm. to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got it all. It's, it's got it all. It ticks every box. So. Yeah. So if you don't like the Kokoda track or trail, it's sort of like both are used, but it's the same. It's the same thing. So it's like just outside of. Port Moresby, it's basically a bit of an old mail. There's no roads outside. Well, there wasn't at this time. This is sort of obviously it got infamous in the in World War Two, but there wasn't any roads up um, through the through the country. It was after Port Moresby. It was just mail tracks. So people would run mail on foot up mm-hmm. through to the villages or whatever and they would do. My understanding of the geography is that it's pretty like mountainous and valleys. So they're like the Areas are very cut off yeah, from each other, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it, So there's, like, Kokoda itself <coughs> is a little village right in the middle. And Port Moresby's on the south of sort of the island. And then on the other side um, is, a, is a couple of other little towns. And Kokoda, from Port Moresby to Kokoda, it's only, like, it sounds, it, it's 90 kilometers, which doesn't sound that bad. But it's like the most ridiculous up and down mm. of all time. So the, it's not. So it's not sunny coast. Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like walking to Gosford, but if like it, but you are literally going up and down yeah, ravines yeah. and vi- in jungle, Frozen right? So Kosciuszko's in the middle. Exactly. So the track it was like first used Kosciuszko Lagers. Yeah. Man, Jamie's listening to some guys. He's like, man, I've done Kosciuszko. I've done a case of Kosciuszko. <laughs> I'm a war hero. <laughs> Iron Jack. <laughs> so it was first used by European like uh, miners in the 1890s, and then it was the and and then like I said, it was a mail trail, um, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then the Japanese um, during World War Two, they captured and like Australia doesn't know what's going on, right? But with the Japanese in World War Two, so the Japanese capture Singapore. They're coming all the way down. So everyone in Australia thinks they come for Australia, like. Everyone yeah. just thinks, so why, why would you think otherwise, right? So they, 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 but the Japanese have decided they're not going to invade Australia. What they're going to do is they're going to take Port Moresby. If they can do that, they can cut off Australia and the US from, um, from basically, basically isolate Australia, which will um, sort of weaken the US. So they try to attack the Port Moresby directly via the sea, um, like an amphibious, amphibious assault. But their thwarted Battle of the Coral Sea pretty big battle in the Pacific campaign and Japan sort of back off. Um, but then they said, no, no, what we're going to do is we're going to land at the top of the country and we're going to trek down through the country um, to uh, Port Moresby. We're going to take it that way. So then the Australians are like, oh, shit, all right, we got to freaking go up there and meet them where they're landing. So the Aussies go from Port Moresby. They sort of barricade themselves along this massive trek, right? So it's 90Ks, dense, dense jungle. Um, and the J- Japanese start coming down. The Australians are just like 
getting smashed and just keeping retreating village to village all the way down the entire way. And in their mind, they're like, if we lose Port Moresby, they're just going to set up camp and then invade Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of like all on the line for Australia in their minds. They go all the way up um, to Kokoda. They have to keep Kokoda. It's the top, it's the middle, and it's the last airfield. And they're like, if we lose this, we're screwed because we can't re- resupply. They lose it. They keep going back and back and back and all, all the way until 30K is outside of Port Moresby. And there's a... Um, there's a, I've lost it here, but there's a, there's a battle that's like won the last point. That, like they can literally see Port Moresby down over the, over the hill in the mountains. And they get told by the US and the Americans, are like, hey, you can't retreat anymore. You've got to fight to the death here because you, you, you back off, you're dead, right? And so they just go, that's it. So they just start like fighting. It's like our big, like, for a long time, they thought it was like the, um, What's the fight in 300 where it's like 300 yeah, members? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, they were like, it's Australians, whatever that is, yeah. um, whatever you pronounce it. Because um, they thought we had 1,000 men, they had 10,000 men. It took a long time to realise that like we just did the numbers wrong and we had the same amount of men. <laughs> but, like, but we were like, no, nah, we were really, really yeah, underdogs. Yeah, yeah. So a couple too many Kosios. A couple too many Kosios. <laughs> carry the one. We didn't count the New Guineans either. Yeah, so there was all these New Guineans who were the uh, – it's, it's – um, I don't have heaps of details on them, but they were like supporting. Some they were fighting too, but yeah. there was a lot of like, like so the the um, uh, the actual tribe locals were supporting the Aussies all the way, and they're called the um, the the Fuzzy Wuzzy Warriors. Jesus oh wait, God. I thought it was my Fuzzy was Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels. Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels. Sorry, right. Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels. You're right, and um, which is we, but that was like in a term of in, that's back then that was yeah, a term yeah, of endearment. Of and it was a great I think name. it's based off yeah. of a Rudyard yeah, Kipling not. poem, I think, or something. It, it was ba- well, the English called another uh, other people in Africa, which is even worse, right? Yeah. So if, you, was, if you're battling accusations of racism, you can't like go to Rudyard Kipling to back your yeah, point. Right. Famous, yeah. he wrote the Jungle Book. And shit. Yeah. Right, okay, very um, imperialist. Uh, it's like someone like, being like. You're a bit misogynist to be like, no, no, it's based off an Andrew Tate. <laughs> <laughs> How could I? But even even worse that they so they call them the Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels, but that like originally the original Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels was some like African tribe who did the right. same thing in the Boer War. Oh, so right. they're also like, oh, you guys are all the same anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. And in fact, like oh, Guinea is because Spanish explorer turned up and it was like, you guys look like Guineans who are in Africa. Oh, right. So they're just like, you guys are all the same, whatever. So yeah. it's like this layers of paternalistic. Yep, yep, yep. But it was a term of And they were like, the, all the Aussie diggers who came back said, we, we would have got, we w- were nothing without those guys. They yeah. just carried us. Like someone said like, if they got shot, they were almost like the medics or whatever. They'd help yeah. carry them th- with stretchers and they like, never left one Aussie behind. Even if they were like under fire, they were just like, just superheroes, right? So then, but eventually they get, their backs against the wall and they eventually fight back. And the Japanese at this point, they're, they're overstretched the supply lines and they're like, shit, we've got other wars going on here, there and everywhere. So they back off and then the Aussies push them all the way back. So they sort of do it twice. They have to do the Kokoda backwards, and then obviously the you know, different troops and battalions and stuff, but as the combined forces have to go all the way back to Port Moresby, and they push back. all the way back, all the way to the end, to the um, to w- the beachhead, and the Japanese sit there and they just fight to the last man. They thought they'll get and they'll piss off. Mm. They fight, so they, they lose a thousand men just because the Japanese are like, I'm not leaving. I'm, yep, yeah, you know, yeah, Just crazy sort of deterministic stuff. So it was a massive big campaign, and the action, it was actually memorialized in a, Usual documentary, the Kokoda Frontline, which was filmed by a guy, and it won Australia's first ever Academy Award for a documentary in yeah. 1942. So it got a little bit of 
fame, you know, all these things that everyone knows about was because it was documented well and then yeah. it became, there was a million other battles like this. But so the details of the track, so it's 96K long and it rises, it goes from, th like, like you said, it rises from 300 meters above sea level at the start to 2,490 meters. Like that's his highest peak, but it's up and down the whole way. We, by the way, which is higher than Mount Kosciuszko. So it's literally the highest peak of this trek is higher than the highest mountain in Australia. And it's like up, down, all this stuff. There's like, I saw photos of this guy's like walking over logs over a river, like a rope, like log with two things on the side. And it's like, you're pretty much crawling vertical sometimes. And without treatment, like the, nowadays, but back certainly back then, you're at risk of tropical diseases like malaria, dengue fever, mm -hmm. scrub typhus, tropical ulcers, a.k.a. jungle rot, which I'm like, just call it a tropical I mean, nothing yeah. coconut won't fix. Yeah, yeah. coconut. Uh, dysentery and fungal infections. And uh, they said that cocoa track starts and ends with malaria. Everybody was getting it. Everyone was dying. Like so many... As many people died from all that combined than like being shot, right? Yeah. Um, so it go after the war, it goes into a bit of disuse, but then this one long distance runner from Australia runs it in four days. Um, he's like a proper endurance runner. He does it in four days using carriers and guides the whole way to carry all his gear. Fuck. And uh, then he goes that that sort of sets up some endurance athletes to sort of break the record, and it becomes a bit of um, infamous because of like World War Two Anzac spirit stuff being taught, myth of Kokoda. And then, um, so in 2002, it sort of builds up. I don't know why, but in, from 2001 to 2008, like nine, it goes gangbusters. Maybe like 9-11. 9-11. I don't want to blame everything on 9-11, um, yeah. but it I will. Sense. It patriotism. does make sense. Some patriotism army sort of kicks into gear. I don't know. But 2002, there's 365 people attempt it. In 2006, it's like 4,000. And it just doubles every year for a bunch of years. But here's the 2009. This is where it starts. Like it's normal. It's pretty fine for a while. And I think the money gets to it. It's a bit like Everest where they're like just, just throwing everyone at it. Yeah. In April 2009, um, Samantha Kill and oh, I won't say the names, but I just did. But whatever. Because um, <laughs> I'm not trying to make fun of these people who died, but it's all out there. But 36 years old, she died. Um, so she, they, these are young people, yeah. right? Young. Like, we're all young, right? Like 36 <laughs> is young. Um, and she has an asthma attack and dies. A guy in a in the same month, 26 dies from the extreme heat. Fuck. 26 year old, 38 year old our father has a heart attack in September. This is 2009, same year. You can have a heart uh, attack at 38. Uh, yeah, if you do the track. Work at it, yeah. uh, and then in, in October, a 55-year-old accountant died one hour into the trek, oh. which was all downhill. <laughs> so he was walking Wait, down. that detail? I know. So, you know <laughs> it's some asshole. It's like did? It was funny because it was the tour, the, the guy who was like his one of the guys on the tour with him yeah. was it was fucking downhill because oh, I think so it's a bit funny. like come on mate you're making us look bad but he but it, it, he was a 55 year old accountant and he'd taken precautions he'd taken a heart check a doctor's check and all that gave get the old clear had been at the oh, gym God. all the all year and all this stuff walking around Epping carrying a backpack trying to train for it Fuck, what year was that uh, 2009 I might have been there Epping. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like seeing that guy walk around. That's so oh. weird. Yeah, well, you could have stopped him. You, you could have stopped him. Yeah. So, but that's 2009, right? But here's the thing. Uh, in uh, Enter two guys, Kurt Fernley and Don Vale. I don't know if you guys know oh, Kurt, oh, Fernley. Kurt Fernley. Fernley. I know Kurt Fernley because he's a newy legend. No, this, but all that happens in 2009. Kurt Fernley 
He's what, a what? Why do I know wheelchair that name? tennis? He, he is a wheelchair no, everything. Wheelchair everything. He's a guy. He's born. He's got a congenital disorder, which meant the lower portion of his spine didn't form, so he's confined to a wheelchair. He's only four foot seven, so otherwise he's pretty average height, Drew. But um, <laughs> um, but otherwise he's very healthy. But he just has no use of his legs. But he has legs, right? But he's in a wheelchair and he competes in the Paralympic Games. He wins gold medals in the wheelchair marathon. Um, marathon. And then in November two thousand nine, after all these people died. He decides, you know, I'm going to attempt the Kokoda track, but he can't, the slope of the mountain, he can't use it. So he decides to crawl the entire distance. Jesus. So he crawls the Kokoda track in 10 days. He uses shin guards and wrist guards. The average time it takes, by the way, for an average person is eight days. And a lot of people take 12. That's him. That's Kurt. Uh, crawling along the Wait, dirt. Did you say shin guards? Look at him. He's Cheated. crawling the entire way, Fuck. 90 kilometers. That's incredible. That's nuts. And even more harrowing, he did an interview with Isaac Butterfield, which, is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, was, oh, his, no. which was his biggest test. God, you always yeah, give me your hardest yeah, test. What's worse, uh, going in shin guards or standing behind a shelf full of Funko? <laughs> 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 I, don't, uh, I don't know if what he was getting into, but he. Uh, but then after that, he won the Young Australian Year. Uh, young Australian Year for New South Wales. He he also like he climbed Centrepoint Towers, one thousand five hundred fire stairs, in twenty minutes. And the average time for people doing is twenty five minutes. This guy's like unbelievable. Yeah, right. He then he crewed like he's part of the crew of a winning yacht race from the Sydney to Hobart yacht race. Wow. Um, he won thirteen medals over five Paralympics. He won the Sydney Marathon thirteen times and the New York Marathon five times. This is in a wheelchair. He wasn't crawling them. Um, but then he was new. And in twenty nineteen. Australian, New South Wales nominee for Australian of the Year 2019. And now he's a PDHPE teacher in Newcastle. Oh, oh man, imagine that was your PE teacher. Yeah, Le- absolute legend, absolute legend. So he did that and it was very infamous. And then the other one I want to mention is Don Vale, another guy in 2009 as well, actually the month before Kurt, who completed the Kokoda track at 83 years old. Wow. Oh, Jesus nice. Christ. New South Wales Central Coast man Don Vale completed the trek to honour his best friend from school, Ted, a digger who died in 1942 on the oh. track. Oh. So his 16-year-old buddy... Six, like 16. it must have been sixteen if it was the same age as Don, who would like would have had to lie to go to to the war, yeah. died at the track. So he then whatever, how many years later, forty, uh, fifty, sixty years later, he's going to join him. He goes, oh, <laughs> 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 I miss you, buddy. <laughs> he's never like, been the same. He's <laughs> like a fifty-year-old guy died in an hour. I'm going <laughs> to be dust in thirty minutes. Yeah. And uh, he survived the whole thing. He did the whole track. He the said, whole time he's like, can I should I put my hand in this lava? <laughs> <laughs> Eighty-three years old he said it was a highlight of his life but he wouldn't recommend it to any of his friends at his Lizaro retirement home oh my <laughs> so God. he's coming back to the retirement home he's like oh, fucking you know oh, Roger yeah, you yeah. shouldn't be doing that mate. you probably get some chicks I know you know he's getting some tail <laughs> at that <laughs> retirement home you guys have got the biggest one track <laughs> especially because he'd just be like yeah I did Kokoda it doesn't matter when like, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly. I don't remember exactly where but it was tough yeah it was real tough <laughs> so he, uh, he yeah like I said he, um, he did it to for his mate Ted the digger, he went up. I went up to honor him and to revere and show him some respect, pray for his spirit and his soul, Mr. Vale. He said it was harder than any walk he'd complete in Australia. Um, it rained quite a lot of the nights, and then it was slippery as anything the next day, <laughs> which I love. Uh, there's all these rocks and roots under your feet, and all these roots oh, under yeah. his feet now. <laughs> um, and if you, and he goes, there's all these rocks and roots under your feet, and if you pick the wrong one, you'll go over. 
At the end of the yeah, track, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You get a leg over. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the track, Mr. Vale said he was elated. I danced up and down. I would have done handsprings if I could. It was great. Probably the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Oh, what a legend! Shout out to Donny Vale's probably dancing right now. But uh, good on him. What and a. And I had a little yeah. thing on the Kokoda Trail because it combines some of the past things we've mentioned. Uh, the Hills District, which is where I'm from. Schoolies. <laughs> Which we've mentioned a ton of times, okay. and now yep. the Kokoda track, and it's such a like, it's a fuck. It's such a Daily Telegraph headline, and such a young liberal tone in this article, which is just Hills District schoolies swear off booze and follow in footsteps of heroes by tackling Kokoda track instead of falling over drunk for a forgettable week of debauchery. Fourteen graduates from Hills District High Schools will spend their schoolies week trekking through Kokoda, and then. The first round of students from the Landmark Leadership Program, launched by Finance Minister Dom Perrottet, fly out today for a grueling 10-day trek that they have spent a year training for. Seamus Linehan from Oak Hill College. I shouldn't say the fucking name, should I? (laughs) Uh, He said that the group chained for a year at C2K Gym in Castle Hill, which was the gym I went to in Castle Hill. (laughs) But I didn't do that kind of training. I mostly went to my friend's Marty's house and made made his mum make me afternoon tea. (laughs) That was your training? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and then I burned it off by walking really slowly on the treadmill for an hour. That's your Dakota. Yeah. Uh, And then they also uh, took weekend bushwalks with heavy packs on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will all finish, and we will all finish well, but it won't be easy for any of us, the bloke said. As well as the physical training, he and the 13 other school leavers in the program have been mentored by the likes of former Prime Minister John Howard, Governor General Peter Cosgrove, and Westpac CEO Gail Kelly. I love getting in someone from Westpac, just being like, yeah, yeah it's the same. Yeah. You know, Kokoda Trail, our diggers, I make a lot of money. It's I, yeah. I mean, if all the people who should be trying to get a root out of this it's the 16 year old kids but they're not they're trying to get young liberal nominations yeah, sure. yeah. they're know? trying to do the opposite of getting a root this is like this <laughs> this next quote, quote is like the anti-poon it's like <laughs> this guy he said he oh my god he and his peers are ironically <laughs> one of the most anti-poon things anyone's ever said is the phrase <laughs> anti-poon <laughs> <laughs> We've lost control. (laughs) Ian and his peers are quite content with missing the drinking fest that schoolies has become. And he said, I feel like everyone else is missing out. I hadn't booked schoolies because I wasn't interested. I think this is an experience that will stick with me for a lifetime instead of the traditional schoolies experience where you won't remember much. So these are aspiring politicians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So funny to like side eye these probably incredibly successful people being like, you fucking losers. Didn't want to get drunk for a week. (laughs) But uh, this is a great little um, piece of uh, like detail about Don Perrottet as well because he organized the whole thing and like mentored people. Through it. I said, Mr. Perrottet said he plans to expand the program to the Hawkesbury region and would like to see it rolled out across the state. Although he did a schoolies trip when he finished school, trekking Kokoda at 20 inspired him to create the leadership program. So he got to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah. He wore a he fucking was, Nazi yeah. costume when he was 21st. <laughs> yeah. He was like, don't go. He's like, what? You rather go to schoolies or yeah. fucking do Kokoda? I mean, I went to schoolies. And he's the squarest fucking loser of all yeah. time. He said, I don't think there can be any greater contrast than the sacrifice that those young Australians made for our freedom and the way we celebrate that freedom through schoolies week. 
It's a weird quote to end on. <laughs> it's a very just weird. No one goes to schoolies week to respect the diggers. It's <laughs> no. just like, that's not what it's yeah. about at all. You've missed the point. Missed the point there, Yeah, that's all I'm thinking about. But I'm sure those people... <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. You're that's just where I go anywhere to do <laughs> <laughs> Just day with the hat off, just fucking like, <laughs> like oh, yeah, at 11 yeah. o'clock every day. That, the Gold Coast. that article, I think, was from like 2014. So I'm sure all those people are like liberal backbenchers by now. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. Oh, they're Could probably the fucking general manager of the divisions we work out of work or something. Yeah. You know, they're probably seven years younger than us and they're already like... They're texting our girlfriends as we speak. <laughs> they're like, do you want to go on a walk this weekend or get drunk at this? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go to the Golden <laughs> Valley again? Oh, cool. Do you want to go for a walk down the beach? Yeah, yeah, and then we're like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do that, right, to your girlfriend? <laughs> you don't want to go for a walk down the you beach holding like the hands. Beach, right? You want to come to the pub and uh, talk shit about comedians you don't know, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can walk to the bar. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's a lovely walk. Yeah. You go past the park, you see some flora, some flora, yeah. plenty hilly. The path is all uneven, so you trip over in front of cars sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I walk there, I firmly home. You know what I mean? I'm crawling <laughs> that. I'm <laughs> 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 I don Vale there. I'll, I'll low and slow, and then I firmly home. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting firmly to the All right, I mean, a start of fucking. He's trying to pay respects to a new legend. Fucking yeah, ain't got a shirt to sell. <laughs> That's oh, great, oh, man. How long do you have? Like, it's 90Ks, it's 12 da- 10 days. Like, do you guys reckon you're doing. Oh, I'm like, taking a month. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> take it I'm easy. Andrew's <laughs> got the fuzzy wuzzy hand just carrying him on, on like, <laughs> like a band with getting fan. He's like, another, I need another fuzzy wuzzy up here to feed me grapes. It sounds awful, but my mate Matt did it with his stepdad, who was like, also, at the time, would have been a 55-year-old accountant. Really? And wow. he made it through. And he's like a big fella. Really? So I'd assume okay. it's gotten easier by now. Like I've got an escalator there. No, is not they've designed, they've put stuff there to mitigate a lot of the, like, yeah, it's yeah. not going to be anything like but like, I, still I think, think it's like, like hand posts and shit you can hold on to probably. I think, because, yeah. yeah. I mean, no probably. one's, fought, no one's, di- most of the people that seem to have died, they reckon it's a first, it's more like Everest or whatever, it's like, it, there's an acclimatization, acclimatization to it where it's yeah. like the first couple of hours or the first day because it's up and mm. and so and it's also a lot of people died of like heart failure or like low sodium it and stuff. Like so it's probably like, more preparation yeah. and stuff. And it could also just reveal like uh, congenital like heart defects. Sure. You know, like you, you put someone in extreme conditions, they seem like the most healthy guy and the doctors check yeah. up or like, they're like, yeah, I fucking well, run well, on I'm an b- incline. And yeah. it's like, yeah. but do you run on the highest incline at 55 degrees? While getting malaria. Yeah. Mm, this is why, for safety true. reasons, I will just drink myself stupid at the pub instead of doing any of this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing it. I wouldn't That's do it. That's for health reasons. You wouldn't do it? Nah. So, I'd, nah. I've got no interest in, in doing it. I wouldn't do so well like, at it, I guess. If I did ever do it, I don't want to say that I could do sub 10 days. Oh, yeah, I got no interest in mountain climbing at all. Ever. No, I would never attempt that. like just physical activity. And uh, <laughs> physical <laughs> no, no fan. Yeah. An eighty-year-old dude, dude. Uh, yeah, he's great. Good on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, mean, not, like, no, I'm not saying you have to. Him. I'm saying you could. Do, like, but does that mean okay. you think would like you would you do Everest? Oh, uh, because like, Everest, I feel like is weirder for some reason in my head. I feel Everest like is it's way scarier. It's so expensive, right? Yeah, Dakota is affordable. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a real right. budget. It's yeah, close by. I understand yeah. why people would do it. Like, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like if you go, if there was, you, there's got to be a dollar amount you would 
do it for. Oh, I yeah. Think oh, yeah, like, of course. I'll do it anyway. I know, like, they, <laughs> I've, the grand. few people I've known who have done it have all done it with their dad. So it's like a big bond. Yeah, thing. it's a nice mm. thing well, to do with family. Like, but I can't imagine going on that with my dad, just being like both of us, like, Miserable, yeah. <laughs> like we are cunt. Why you? Why you make me do this? And he's like, you made me do this. Uh, yeah, I reckon it would. I reckon everyone here could do it with two months training in. Uh, what oh, is, I would. Tw- like I'm not saying days. I would. I would smoke it. Like, I would, <laughs> yeah, no, you would I'm, smoke the yeah, whole time. I had <laughs> <laughs> halfway through. Dipping his ciggy in the lava. <laughs> the lava. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Halfway through, me and Drew, he's emaciated, and I'm like, should we start some sort of Coconut based cold. <laughs> just coconut. build a shack. You turn around. I'm already nude. Why are you taking a coconut? <laughs> yeah, you're looking at Drew's turning his balls into a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck. I wanted to ask. We don't have heaps of time, so I'm not going to read the whole article. But I wanted to ask if you ever. Is it called Betel or Beetle? Beetlejuice. It's oh, not Beetlejuice. Sorry. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is a movie. The, the Beetles? Beetlejuice. Don't yeah. say it again. Ringo. Yeah, we've <laughs> said it twice. Okay. So yeah. I don't want to say it three times in case we summon him. Beetlenut. Yeah. Yeah, Beetlenut. It's like a huge thing. And Did you guys come across this? I saw it a research? little bit, but I wasn't too sure about it's it. It's like a, it's a psychoactive drug, apparently, that's like huge in Papua New Guinea because Ooh. it's untaxed and it's like that a lot of people like, like um, like main way of making income by like farming and doing yeah. it and they like you turn it into like a paste and you chew it on like a mustard stick and it gives you like you know uh my friend davis when he drinks red wine he gets those <laughs> red wine mm-hmm. all over. this is like that to the nth degree where like you can tell someone's been chewing beetle because their mouth goes like radioactive yeah. red oh, but it acts right. like a huge stimulant cool cool but it's also like um but the leading cause they reckon of like mouth cancer and PNG and they reckon that mouth cancer is bigger proportionally in PNG than maybe any country in the world because of their link to beetle nut. So it's, that sounds like the, sounds like a superhero or something, beetle nut. Yeah. But, um, so is it, uh, it's not a tobacco, it's like a tobacco, like a chewing tobacco. Kind of, you chew on yeah. it and then, but then it creates a sense of euphoria and alertness. So people, so it's kind of like chewing tobacco, but it's a Dexy. Oh mm. man. How is that not? Reached our shitty you social so. circles. Yeah. Yeah. Carver's around with all the cool. Yeah, Carver. Yeah. But Carver's like, um, give me some beetle nut. I'll do Kokoda in a day and a half. <laughs> Non-stop. I think because Carver's like a chill. It chills you out, right? Yeah. yeah. I haven't had it, but some it's like yeah. A and there's one in um, there's one in like Tunisia or somewhere around there that it's called Cart. And they do it's the same thing. It's like carbon, but yeah. it's chew, 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 and it just like chills you out. Who's the guy oh. that just spewed really recently? Oh yeah, was some politician or something? I don't want to say the wrong name. Yeah, yeah. He would like, in, yeah, because they're like at a he ceremony. It. Yeah, they're like <laughs> have a bit of carbon, have a bit, and he just went and fucking like sculled as some yeah. dig, um, diplomat, Aussie politician, and then that just rules. like went. Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> like the biggest like. But apparently, like um. They go, like local people in PNG, like they say, like people chew it like as young as six, and they're Yikes. just like, "Yep, yeah, I fucking well, love I guess it. it's because it's like, like it's falling off a fucking tree. It's, right it's on the ground. Mm. You chew it, yeah. you feel good." Well, they they tried to uh, one politician tried to ban it apparently because um, they reckoned that it was worth like five hundred thousand pounds a week, like the consumption and sale and mm. harvesting of it. But because of the links to cancer and obviously like it's highly addictive as well, and it was going for children. Uh, a politician like moved to ban it and people declared that political suicide. Damn. <laughs> to be honest, if you try to ban beer and yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's all kind of the same stuff. But um, so now they're like trying to regulate it a little bit. Yep. But um, yeah, I just wanted to know if you'd yeah, heard you of it. Ever had any? Yeah. No. 
Never had a new. Never tried. So you can't. That's not like. Was it did like get talked about in school? Like whispered about? Like man, we can get our fucking hands on some. Nah, I don't think I was cool enough to know. I'm sure. What about your your twin brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was having BN every weekend. Yeah, he's too busy chewing. He's doing the mug off, boys. He's popular. He's TV ready. But it was around. Like you just see it on the street. At first, I just thought everyone had gum disease because it's a lot of red. Yeah, yeah. It really like if you look at the pictures, like it's people with like huge wide smiles that look like they're bleeding from the mouth. So they haven't. They've got a full on. It's not like a cough or tobacco yeah. where it's like you got a, you're having a you've got a full on like visual bars going on right yeah, yeah more like being drunk treated like it was tre- my experience at least was you'd be driving around and people would just be on the side of the road chewing it as they walked to wherever they were going like yeah. it, was, right. it wasn't like other illicit it was drugs. kind of like yeah also kind of like a what do you call it? Like ritualistic. Like the, as someone in the article compared it to like, you know, people having like their morning coffee. Like you grab your mm. beer or you chew it. Makes you mm. more alert for the day. You know? right. But it's like a stronger, much stronger buzz. But what if coffee. you could just friggin' like it's chewing it and all that stuff. Like I imagine if you could yeah. just brew it into a tea or something and then it would get your buzz, but you wouldn't fucking have it mouth cancer. Legalize it. Yeah. There we go. Here's our business. We start <laughs> importing yeah. BN. Yeah. All right. All right. Dave, <laughs> we got two more questions to ask you. That's it. The first is if someone says, <laughs> "If I'm your coming, dad makes you, yeah, <laughs> if your dad makes you move to Papua New Guinea for a couple of years, and they're like, Dave, I'm coming, I'm coming to PNG, I'm coming to Port Moresby, I need an itinerary of the best things to do, something to do morning, afternoon, and night. What do you tell them to do? Where do you tell them to go? That's a great question. Thank you, Jamie. I would morning go down to Ella Beach. It's a beautiful beach. The markets on the weekend were very popular. Mm. It was a nice place. Mm-hmm. Uh, middle of the day, go to the yacht club, have a hamburger. Ooh, pretty good. Hell yeah! All right. Stop cool. by Jollibee if you have if you want a little bit more. Uh-huh, food. Jollibee. Yeah, Jollibee. Yeah, I've heard of that. Oh, they, I got what a good Jollibee. Do they do like the um, save for the second one? <laughs> is that like so a Filipino chain? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Macas, And they basically. do like, is it halo halo or malo malo? That like jelly dessert. I don't thing. speak Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now they had a big feud with a uh, big rooster, which is like the big chicken shop in in Moresby. And this is like, I was trying to look it up today because of because of what this podcast is about. Mm. I might get this wrong. It might be the other way around, but I'm pretty sure Big Rooster put an ad in the paper pretending to be Jollibee asking for stray dogs. <laughs> That's incredible! So good, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! And that rules! Yeah, and we go to Jolly Beach. That's some up shit. I love it. Or Big Rooster, and then of an evening, you could go to. There's a resort next to the airport, which is like White Lotus. Oh, at the time it seemed like that. Like yeah. there was a pool, there was a massive sauna, like those water, those little waterfall things. Oh, oh yeah, like yeah. Mm. yeah. I think I'm thinking of um, statues, but yeah, it was yeah. a really cool. <laughs> You'd go there, or maybe you'd go to this. There was a cinema, but it was just sort of like a TV screen in a hotel somewhere. <laughs> Is that right? Why yeah, not? that's okay. That's a job. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that would be a perfect day. So you have a poster there? That sounds like a. Right well, no, day. you'd go to one of the islands during the day. I've really screwed this whole itinerary. <laughs> if you had a weekend, but you can, there's beautiful, like, untouched virtually islands all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I saw get yourself a laser another boat. thing. There was a thing about islands where just by virtue of, you know, global warming and the changing ecosystem, like, an island in Papua New Guinea had formed in like the last 10 years. And people yeah, were like, right. well, who the fuck, who, whose is it? And mm. like two tribes were like, well, it's out. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, it's like, but man. it's just like, it was Paper an island that was rock. at first was like uninhabitable, but then became like host to all this new like flora and fauna and like ecosystem mm. stuff. It was really interesting. Not interesting enough for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been like drier than like 
four Drew Bensley stories stacked on me. <laughs> Fuck, on that is dry. But the, snor- <laughs> the snorkeling's great, though. Yeah. Go snorkeling yeah. in, in Moresby. All right. Well, the last question is, Dave, your comedy career has ascended to such great heights that uh, the Australian government has asked, will you live out the rest of your life in Papua New Guinea as Australia's most famous stand-up? Would you move there and settle down? You are Australia's most famous stand-up. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, that's <laughs> all I ever wanted, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but also the stand-up scene isn't that strong. My but I mean, you could also start it. That's true. Yeah, well, lovely weather, great people, beautiful food. You would think about it? Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely consider it. Beautiful. Yeah. Great. Dave, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Do you have anything you want to plug? Any shows? Social media? I think, I don't know, the mug off with my brother. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Listen to the mug off with Dave's brother. I don't remember what my Instagram is, but I'll send it to you. Dave, you want to? You got coming up? You, you're, a, you're, a a picture big, of a pug. you're a big roast battler. Yeah. You've yeah. got some clips on yeah. YouTube. Follow That's um, true. Yeah, Laugh-In. Dave's on Laugh-In. Do roast battles through that. Find his, well, just try to find yeah. your fuck. Yeah. I'm trying to help you're the people find your fucking Instagram. You're uh, one of Sydney's best no, roast comics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Roast comics, roast man. Yeah. Who you got any roasts lined up? No, I think I'm judging still. Yeah, okay. You've ascended. Nearly December. Would yeah. you ever roast your brother? Yeah. <laughs> but he'd win. He's way cooler. <laughs> Damn. It's like getting Benzo's brother against him. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Danny Poor old Danny. I would bury him. Well, we've heard some silly things today. <laughs> so Danny and Drew's bucks last weekend and like it's went in. crazy. We went in the ocean. He's like quite buff and he's stuff. Jack. And I like mentioned to Drew offhand. I was like, your brother's quite buff. He's tough. And he's like, I'm flogging. <laughs> I'm the bigger brother. You flog your younger brother. And I was like, I don't know. I think Danny, Danny could take you. Oh, we would have been pretty young, like 10 or something. Tw- okay. I think 12. Danny might be able to take you down. Oh, I got my money on Danny. <laughs> if he wishes. He's a bit bigger than you. He's a bit bigger. Yeah. You had had 400 beers at that point. I think Danny would have absolutely <laughs> just flushed your head down the toilet. Oh, anyway, to thank you, Dave, yeah. for coming Thanks, on. Thanks, Dave. We have a Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you two bonus episodes a month and the full video of every weekly episode. So if you want to see Dave's beautiful face on video, Patreon is the only way to get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. No more Maybe. YouTube. No more YouTube. Although the entire back catalog is on YouTube. Yeah, so people are complaining YouTube. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, check us out on Instagram at Community Notice Board. And you can also hit us up. We love hearing from you. And you can buy one of our T-shirts that are flying off the presses. Through the link in the bio. But apart from that, Patreon. Subscribe to it. We are loving doing the episodes. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Love you.